Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan, here today to talk to you once again about Xbox Times Activision, or should I say Xbox versus Sony? That's right, things are heating up even further between the two console manufacturers, as we saw today. Now, if you aren't familiar with this story at all, please do check out our playlist, Microsoft Times Activision. This will be the 32nd video in that playlist. Or if you're just interested in the Sony versus Microsoft side of things, please do make sure to check out our most recent video in this series about the CMA, the Competition Markets Authority, in the UK basically calling out Microsoft a little bit for this acquisition using some of the words that we have seen Sony use. And as I promised, things have gotten even a little bit more feisty today. Now, before we get into the specifics, I do want to mention that this is, of course, a supporter-supported channel. Please do check out our Utreon, our Patreon, uh, and our YouTube memberships if you're interested in supporting the channel. One of the tiers on Utreon and Patreon is the ability to support an episode per month and Nord has done that for many, many months. So I want to extend special thanks to Nord for doing that. If you like to be like Nord, please do check out those tiers. Uh, and thank you very much, Nord, for the support. Now, in order to understand what happened today, we have to go back in time a little bit. First, five days ago. Here's a Verge article entitled, Microsoft will keep Call of Duty on PlayStation for several more years beyond existing deal. Microsoft's Xbox chief wrote to Sony's PlayStation boss. So that's Phil Spencer to Jim Ryan, to you and me. And not a lot is said here, which is one of the really interesting things about this story today. So Microsoft is committing to keeping Call of Duty on PlayStation for quote unquote several more years beyond the existing marketing deal Sony has with Activision. Microsoft Gaming CEO and Xbox chief Phil Spencer made the commitment in a written letter to PlayStation head Jim Ryan earlier this year. And it's the clearest sign yet that Call of Duty won't suddenly disappear from PlayStation platforms if Microsoft's near $70 billion deal is approved. In January, says Phil Spencer, we provided a signed agreement to Sony to guarantee Call of Duty on PlayStation with feature and content parity for at least several more years beyond the current Sony contract, an offer that goes well beyond typical gaming industry agreements. Now, there's a bunch of interesting things happening just in this language, but first and foremost, it's happening in January. It's happening when the deal is announced. Now, we know, because we covered it as it happened, it's at the top of this playlist, as a matter of fact, that when the deal is announced in January, everybody noted that the two parties, Microsoft and Activision, were saying that this deal wouldn't necessarily get closed until the middle of next year indicating that they thought that there would be some regulatory pressure. Now, that regulatory process in the U.S. and other jurisdictions involves asking market participants how they feel about the market if this deal were to go through. So Microsoft knew that Sony would have a seat at the table. They would at least be able to talk to the regulators. And we have seen that now in the months since that that has, in fact, happened. Sony has been more aggressive in parts than we would have thought, particularly with Call of Duty, a little less aggressive in other parts, particularly with market definitions around subscription services and cloud gaming. But Microsoft tried to get in front of it as the deal was being announced in January of this year. Now, the other part of the language in here that's pretty interesting is they say we provided a signed agreement to Sony to guarantee Call of Duty on PlayStation. So it takes two to actually agree to something. So you don't send a signed agreement uh, that would require Microsoft and Sony to agree. Uh, you could have sent it pre-signed, but that's not really a negotiation now, is it? That's just a form document that you're saying use it or lose it. 
And that can't be what Microsoft did in this particular instance, can it? Now, they back off that language, even in the middle of this sentence, when Phil Spencer refers to that quote-unquote agreement as an offer. So maybe we need to give the benefit of the doubt here that this is a human being speaking ad hoc and just confuse some of the language. Because certainly Sony doesn't think there was an agreement, and that will become very, very apparent in just a few minutes. Now, The Verge goes on in this article from five days ago to note exactly how many years Call of Duty is guaranteed on PlayStation still isn't crystal clear, but Bloomberg originally reported earlier this year that Microsoft was committed to releasing Call of Duty on PlayStation for at least the next two years, suggesting that Sony's marketing deal for the franchise could expire in 2024. It's unclear whether it's the next two years, the next three years. We're just going to assume that Sony has the marketing rights to Call of Duty for some foreseeable time frame into the future, and that Phil Spencer and Microsoft uh, asked to have that extended, said, hey, we will offer that Call of Duty exclusive marketing package or combo marketing package to you for a number of years after the current deal, and that wasn't met with what they expected. Now, I also want to talk a little bit further about what is now apparent about Microsoft's strategy to get this deal across the finish line. So we knew at the time that this would be a big deal for regulators. It's almost $70 billion. It's way, way, way higher than any deal in the history of the video game industry. It features Microsoft on the top line and Microsoft, to put it candidly, is known in antitrust regulation circles in the United States and in other jurisdictions. So it always seemed like the kind of deal that would get a spotlight. So Microsoft kind of lurched into action right from January. We can see them sending a letter to Sony immediately. This is about the time frame where we start to get the tweets and things as a Call of Duty is very important to gamers everywhere. That kind of thing, it's reported on all across the video game sphere. And then we also saw them make other comments of this type. This is from a CNN business article in February that's talking about the Federal Trade Commission. It says, hey, the FTC is rattling its saber pretty hard. They are going to want to show that they are activists on these deals. What is Microsoft going to do? CNN says, hey, it could end up in a consent decree, which is the same as a settlement agreement or an undertaking you might hear referenced in respect of the UK's examination of these things. And Microsoft would have to agree to certain things that it could or couldn't do with its assets, possibly spin off some of those assets so it didn't take full ownership. A whole bunch of things can happen in consent decree land. We've talked about that at length in this playlist. But even as early as February, you're getting quotes from Phil Spencer that say, I confirmed our intent to honor all existing agreements upon acquisition of Activision Blizzard and our desire to keep Call of Duty on PlayStation. Sony is an important part of our industry and we value our relationship. But what could happen from there? And I, I also wanted to point out, I hadn't seen this article before. I thought this was a very astute quote, especially given what we have seen in the past seven months now. I would be very surprised if Microsoft wasn't willing to make a number of concessions to get this deal done. The question is whether or not that would be acceptable to the FTC. The FTC wants to be seen as active in doing things and really changing the status quo and antitrust. And indeed, that has borne out. We have seen the senator's letters. We've seen the leaks from the Federal Trade Commission. We've seen the phase one report now from the CMA in the United Kingdom. So we know that there are regulators that may want to at least make a bit of an example of the fact that they are looking at big technology and looking at deals like this one. And when Microsoft continued to lurch into action, one of the things that they did was to go out there and try to assuage fears, right? We have a number of videos in this series. We talk about the fact that Microsoft has gone on a public relations campaign. Hey, we're the white knights. We're the good guys. We're going to help app stores. We're going to help get video games out to more people. We're going to promise to have Call of Duty 
on PlayStation. We're not trying to monopolize any of these things. And when one of the really big potential issues came about, which was the CWA, the union coming out and saying, we're not going to support this deal. We're going to back up those senators because monopsony of labor and things like that. Microsoft immediately launched into an agreement and said, hey, we're going to pledge neutrality. We're going to enter into a neutrality agreement on any union campaigns at Activision. And that wound up getting them the support of CWA. They changed entirely from the letter and the complaints that they had already issued to the FTC to say, no, no, this deal is fine. We've gotten what we wanted. So now looking at things from months on, we know what Microsoft's strategy was. It was to assuage. It was to placate. It was to tell folks, hey, we're the good guys and we're going to promise you that we're going to take care of the industry and gamers and the people that make games and everybody from here to eternity, FTC. Don't you worry about it. Well, with one exception, and that exception really came to the fore today. So Microsoft tried this, apparently sent an agreement in January, uh, and it didn't fly. Ending today with a news article in Games Industry Biz from Christopher Dring, and I want to call him out here because it's a good get. This is a big deal. You've got Jim Ryan saying things that I'm not sure he should be saying in public. All, all the best for us, not necessarily so great for any of the parties involved. But he comes out with a headline that says, PlayStation, Xbox's Call of Duty offer was inadequate on many levels. Microsoft has offered for Call of Duty to remain on PlayStation for three years beyond the current deal, says PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan. In a statement provided to Games Industry Biz, Ryan says the offer was inadequate on many levels. Last week, in that Verge article that we just started out our discussion here today with, Xbox revealed that it had provided a signed agreement to Sony to guarantee Call of Duty on PlayStation with feature and content parity for several more years, and Xbox said the offer was well beyond typical gaming industry agreements because Xbox, its motivation is to get out of an FTC consent decree. It wants to flip Sony into that category, like the CWA, that puts a letter to the FTC and says, you know what, FTC, this is actually fine. And they, I guess, thought that they could do it this way, and this has been the result. PlayStation, Sony, Jim Ryan, effectively declaring war on the entire concept, even though this agreement, this letter, this offer, whatever it was, was actually put out there, at least by all accounts, when this deal was first announced months and months and months ago. It's only accelerating right now because Jim Ryan says Phil Spencer spoke out of school in that Verge article. He says, I hadn't intended to comment on what I understood to be a private business discussion. That's per my email. That is angry corporate talk. But I feel the need to set the record straight because Phil Spencer brought this into the public forum. So he calls out his counterpart. He uses his name to do so. Says, I thought this was private. I thought we were adults involved in this. I guess not. Now, whether or not you think that's great or bad probably depends on which side you fall in between Xbox and PlayStation. I really don't have a horse in this race. I'm very interested in the corporate shenanigans, as it were. But this is wild. This is getting outright hostile. And it gets outright hostile in the actual paragraph of content that Jim Ryan gives to Games Industry Biz. Microsoft has only offered for Call of Duty to remain on PlayStation for three years after the current agreement between Activision and Sony. So this particular article thinks it's the next three releases. That would be 2022, 2023, and 2024. 
And Phil Spencer's offer, if that's remotely right, would take it outside of 2024 to 2027. Jim Ryan continues, after almost 20 years of Call of Duty on PlayStation, their proposal was inadequate on many levels and failed to take account of the impact on our gamers. We want to guarantee PlayStation gamers continue to have the highest quality Call of Duty experience and Microsoft's proposal undermines this principle. Now, even though he's coming out and speaking out out of school and probably saying things to the public that he shouldn't be saying, this paragraph is still coded all to hell, right? What does he mean by half of this is unclear. We know in the intervening months that Sony has gone out to regulators in Brazil and presumably every other jurisdiction and said, Call of Duty is unmatchable. And if it were to be removed from the Sony ecosystem, why people might go and buy a different console or otherwise frequent a different establishment. And you can hear me analyzing the UK's take on that and saying, well, you know, it's not the nature of regulators or regulation in the antitrust industry to protect competitors. They ostensibly don't care about Sony. They care about the industry. They care about competition as a kind of ephemeral ideal. And just moving people between market shares doesn't actually move the needle for somebody like me. Say, okay, Sony, tell me why that should be illegal. What are they doing that is so egregious? How is it different from signing exclusives? How is it different from the way that you've operated the PlayStation brand for so long? Maybe it is, but I'm going to need more than you just saying it takes a lot of people to make. God knows, Sony, you know how to make a video game. You make very many popular video games and you are the market leader in almost every jurisdiction on earth, as evidenced by the fact that you just raised prices by 10% on your consoles and expect to make more profits, not less, after that price increase. So talk to me about why that is. That's, I think, what rings the most hollow to people that aren't just necessarily emotionally invested in the Sony brand. When they come here and say it fails to take account of the impact on our gamers, it kind of supposes a status quo that you're a PlayStation gamer or you're an Xbox gamer, God forbid, you're a Switch gamer or a PC gamer. And if you can't get Call of Duty on those particular platforms or services or what have you, then you are being disadvantaged when realistically, the only party that's being disadvantaged there is Sony. If they people don't buy their PlayStation anymore, they move to Xbox, they move to xCloud, they move wherever they're moving. Sony's disadvantaged, but is the industry. Now, this also suggests as a paragraph here, that Phil Spencer and Microsoft might have been playing games with respect to timing or quality or that feature parity, right? One thing that we don't know is that this was a quote-unquote signed agreement, an offer that goes beyond what is traditional in video games that was made to Sony in January before they had really even had time to think about what this meant for their brand. And Sony is coming out here and saying whatever was wrong with their offer, it treated our gamers poorly. So, when Phil Spencer says there was feature parity, what did that look like? What did the contract language say? What does that mean to you? What does it mean to Sony? Or are they just sitting here and making a strategic play, which is another interesting concept here, right? So basically, we've got three parties. We've got Microsoft, we've got Xbox, uh, we've got Sony, and we've got PlayStation, and we've got the regulators, uh, right? And not the musical kind, but the government kind. Uh, and so uh, in that three-person triangle, if you will, each side is basically daring the others to call their bluffs, 
right? So Xbox and the FTC, we'll just use the FTC as a stand-in for all the regulators across the world. Xbox says, FTC, I'm not sure you have a great case for antitrust here, but we're going to try to make your lives easier. We're going to put out in public relations press releases, hey, we're going to do nice things about app stores and mobile. We're going to do nice things about console. We're going to make sure Call of Duty's on PlayStation. We're going to do all this stuff. We're going to make sure we're neutral towards unionization. What else are you worried about, FTC? We're going to take care of you. FTC says, okay, this is nice. FTC likes to get a massage, but they're under new management and they need to prove that they are actually policing this particular industry. So when Microsoft through their CEO, through Phil Spencer, through otherwise says, I I don't know if we need a consent decree on this, right? We've already agreed. We're good guys. We're going to take care of you. You can believe us. Trust us, right? Our word is oak. And the FTC says, yeah, I'm not so sure. Sony looks at the very same picture and says, hmm, the regulators aren't so sure. It's $70 billion. We do think the Call of Duty leaving our system would reduce our revenue. We get 30% of a cut of all the Call of Duties that are sold. It's the most popular game in console land. And so we'd prefer for it not to leave the system. Well, Microsoft's already gone out there and said they're going to treat us nicely. They need that public relations push in January and February this year. Let's push them even more. Right. First of all, we sure as heck aren't signing anything. We aren't agreeing to anything in January. We haven't had enough time to strategically decide upon it. So Microsoft using that as a cudgel is, quite frankly, as ridiculous as Jim Ryan makes it sound. So bad, Microsoft. A slap on the nose with the newspaper for you on that. But they're also betting on this, right? Because the FTC might not ask for anything as strong as six full years or or five full years, depending on how you count these releases and years and whatever that contract says that's currently between Activision and PlayStation. They might not ask for something even as strong as what Phil Spencer initially offered. So it's all brinksmanship all the way down. Sony is saying, no, we're not taking that deal. And we're instead going to work through regulators. We're going to tell them how important Call of Duty is. You can see it uptaken by the UK presumably at least to some extent taken up by the other regulators in the other jurisdictions, at least considered. And they say, well, they're not going to let Microsoft just skate without a consent decree. So let's get something in writing. And we have a feeling that the FTC is going to want to make an example out of this. Now, you've also heard me say in other spaces that there's no possible way that any of this can happen uh, perpetually. Right? There's no way Microsoft agrees to a consent decree that says Call of Duty forever and ever, all man, is going to be available on every system on earth, both real and imagined as we sit here today. That's not what they are going to do. So any consent decree, and these are tricky things to negotiate, to agree to, is going to include parameters around that, much like a contract that might have been offered from Phil Spencer and Xbox to PlayStation. So Sony's making a bet here, and Sony's making a big bet as of today because they just went out and made this personal, right? And we don't know what else Microsoft is going to use. We saw them return volley in Brazil, and it was pretty strongly worded, although I don't think they destroyed Sony or anything like that, as some others in the internet sphere reported on. But we can expect Microsoft to reduce the kid gloves a little bit, to play a little bit harder ball with this kind of thing, because truthfully, reading the Verge article, looking at what Phil Spencer said, I don't see a scenario in which Jim Ryan should really be all that offended, right? This is a little stronger than what they actually told the public in January and February, but it's not truthfully strong enough to get this kind of reaction, actually talking about deal terms, right? Putting a number on that is a big deal in corporate land. And you see, he doesn't put any details or parameters around the rest of it. 
Now, if you're an Xbox fan or if you just think Jim Ryan is doing this poorly, I tend to agree that this is a little territorial. It almost feels like PlayStation gamers are hostages or that he feels that you belong to them. I don't love that kind of language. I don't think that's very strong messaging. This almost seems like they got under Sony and Jim Ryan's skin a little bit with that Verge article. Because if we think about how they would advantage themselves with saying something like this, I don't necessarily see it. Right now, in front of everybody, all the regulars, they say, okay, so Sony refused five years of Call of Duty on their system. What do they realistically think we're going to get for them? Do they want 10 years? That doesn't make a lot of sense in technology. Heck, the biggest and most popular games might be completely different in 10 years. And this is a very dynamic industry and we don't want to lock things in and otherwise put a weight around a potential competitor, right? We know we're trying to protect competition from Microsoft, but we also want to protect Microsoft from being obliterated by a consent decree that just kills the competition in the industry in any event. Now, maybe that's a little naive, and the politics here bears out that they want to be more aggressive than otherwise. Sony's certainly betting on it, but what do you think? I think this is a pretty significant change in the demeanor of these two companies that are actually interacting on this, and I wouldn't be surprised to see this get more hostile from here. This is the first time we've really seen punches thrown in public the Brazilian stuff, hey, that got released because that's what they do in that country, in that jurisdiction with those regulators. This is actually giving a statement to a major games journalism outlet, and it's an angry one. So let me know in the comments. Tell me what you think. What else we should be covering on this story? I think things are going to get pretty heated from here, and we'll have to see where they go. Thank you so much. If you enjoy this kind of content, discussions about the law and business of video games, technology, software, Microsoft, Sony, Xbox, PlayStation, and more, please consider supporting the channel at Utreon or Patreon like Nord did. Thank you so much, Nord, for that support. If it were no, neither of those appeal to you, please just subscribe, tell your friends, upvotes, comments, downvotes, sharing these kinds of videos with people that might not otherwise be aware of our existence. Every little bit helps. If you watch this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.